Hello, and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Grunwald, a real estate agent, mother of two, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you will join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family, because home is where it all begins. Hey everyone, it's Ashley Grunwald, Hunter Row Real Estate. I hope you're doing well. The topic of this session is how to keep your email inbox organized with less than 10 emails a day. So what I mean by that is at the end of the day, my goal is that you would have 10 in your inbox or less to start each new day. So I'm going to talk you through how I do that. I will tell you that I am not tech savvy. So if you are super tech savvy, you may laugh this whole broadcast because I'm using very simple um, tools and I'm sure there are much better and more tech savvy systems available. They just are not ones that I've been super interested in, unless you can take some time to explain how they work. So this is a very simple, simple way of managing your email. So first is creating different folders. Um, and this again is simple. If it wasn't, I wouldn't use it. It's super simple when you're, if you're using Gmail specifically, that's what I use, just create folders. And these folders are essential, but they're not just folders that you, you make and you don't use. You've got to file things away. I know lots of people that have beautiful filing cabinets and very extensive filing cabinets that have not utilized any of them. So that is not the case with this. We want you to actually use these folders. So example, let me give you some of my folders. So I have a folder that's 2020 buyers. So all of my current active buyers get their very own folder. So every email correspondence that I want to save goes into that folder and it doesn't clog up my inbox. Okay. And then I have a whole separate folder for my 2020 sellers. Now under each of those, you can have a kind of a subfolder, and that's where each individual client gets their own um, name. So for example, Melissa was my client. I would have Albright as a 2020 buyer that's nested under 2020 buyer. And that way um, I have a specific folder for her, but I know where to find it under the folder of 2020 buyers. So for you, your folder might be kids preschool. It might be church. It might be um, a Bible study you're in, a book club you're in, whatever the folder, but create them. And it's okay to have lots of folders as long as they're working for you. I often go in and clean up my folders. If I'm finding that I made a folder that has one document in it, I might try and see if that that document could go into a different folder. So have as many folders as necessary, but don't have more than you're not that you're not using. And then of course, doing the the nesting of folders underneath each bigger category, but I wouldn't go too crazy with that because then they could get lost. So I usually nest one time under the bigger category. So hopefully that's something you're already doing, but actually start utilizing it if you haven't been. All right. Another thing that I do, unroll.me. Is anybody familiar with that? Unroll.me. That is an unsubscribe. It's a free service that you can unsubscribe from newsletters and advertisements, things that you either automatically get subscribed to, or you may have bought something from a specific store. And now you're on their subscription list. This will help clean out your email box. And I believe it happens each month. I've been doing this for quite a while since somebody gave me this great idea. 
very easy. Go to unroll.me. It's completely free. And each month it'll send you a reminder of, hey, we found 20 new subscriptions and you can go through and keep those or delete them. So on a regular basis, it is unsubscribing you from things that you don't want to clog up your inbox. So if you have not used that, give it a try. Just see if you like it. I would say probably 500 of my husband's thousands emails are just subscriptions that are just, it takes too much time to individually go and unsubscribe. So he's just left them. So this, this service once a month takes you five minutes max, maybe to just unsubscribe you. And again, I get back on those lists a lot. And so each month I can, you know, reevaluate if I want to keep them. So that's tip number one that I would definitely recommend. My next suggestion here would be to have a personal email address separate from if you're a, a business owner or work for a company and have a work email. So I would have separate personal and work. Again, you can make this email really easy. Go to Gmail, create an email if you don't have one. I don't like my personal emails to clog up my business email account. So this, my suggestion here is as soon as you receive a personal email to your business account, which happens because people don't know that you have a personal email address, I instantly forward it to my personal email address and delete it out of my work email. And the reason for that is because I look at my emails as my to-do list for the day, the week, the month. And again, I'm going to explain this more to you, but if I have something personal in my work to-do list or email list, then it looks, it's the perception is that I have more to do than I actually do. So I forward that on personal email. And then you might start telling people which email address to use as you start using that system. So I have to constantly remind my husband to use my personal email address. But if he forgets, I forward it on and delete it from my work email. So I try not to respond out of my work email to a personal email. So you may have done that to me before where you sent me an email that comes to me, my work email. I forward it to my personal and respond from that at that appropriate time. Again, that's the way I do it, again, to keep them separate for my to-do lists. And then here's one that you might fight me on for a while, or at least laugh when you see yourself do it and think of me. <laughs> do not open an email unless you have the time to read it and respond. So a lot of us were so curious that we open up an email and we look at the email after we've read maybe half of it and say, I don't have time to either finish reading this. I don't have time to address it, think about it, process it, or file it. So what I'm suggesting is if you don't have a an amount of a significant amount of time to respond to emails, don't open them. And that's going to be hard for some of you and maybe that rule isn't as black and white as I'm making it sound, but it's a suggestion because it takes quadruple the amount of time to reread it later, to reprocess it, and then to actually do something about it. Respond with an appropriate answers, you know, getting the resources, and maybe you've already started that the first time you opened it. So my suggestion is do not open an email unless you have the time to read it and respond. Um, and if you accidentally or, and it'll happen as you get used to the system, if you open it, realize, ah, I didn't have time, go back and mark it as unread. Cause otherwise 
it is going to get lost in the thread of emails. You guys know that. And then you find a client or maybe if this is personal, a family member says, hey, did you get my email? I didn't get a response from you. Oh my gosh, I do remember reading that, but I never responded. So mark it back as unread if you haven't had a chance to respond to it. Respond and file the email immediately after opening it. So this goes alongside with the last tip of do not open it, but once you open it, this is what's going to be hard for people who maybe struggle with um, motivation or they get an email that they're like, oh, I don't have the time, the thought capacity or the desire to go get the information for this proper response for an email. What I'm going to say is push through that and try to get the task done at hand. So as soon as you open it, respond to it, and then file it immediately into its corresponding folder. Again, this is where some of you will open it, think about it, think about it some more, switch to a different activity, and then never come back to it. Or when you do come back to it, you've spent way more time. So I would encourage you to think about the most efficient way to handle it is to respond to it immediately. And if you can't, don't open it. Copy yourself onto all emails you are awaiting a response so you can follow up if you don't hear back. This I do, and you might think, well, that doesn't help me clean out my inbox. That's just cluttering my inbox. Well, again, I'll tell you where I'll put this in the folders so it doesn't clog up your inbox. But how many times have you sent an email out waiting a response from a company, from a client, from a friend, family member, and you don't hear back? And then a month later, you're like, huh, I never heard back about that. And it was like a month ago that you sent it and would thought you would have had a response sooner. So I've copied myself onto things like that, especially professionally, because it shows a whole lot of confidence to say, hey, I didn't hear from you. Just wanted to follow up. I sent this to you a week ago. Just wanted to check if there was a good time for us to reconnect. In that way, one, you are showing them that you're never too busy for them and that you haven't forgotten them, even though they may have forgot to respond. So it just puts you in a really great professional um, place with your clients. So I would encourage you to copy yourself onto all emails you are waiting a response for. Now I create folders and this is my next suggestion is to create a follow-up folder. So one of those folders on the left side of my Gmail is follow-up. And this is a folder that is for anything that can be followed up longer than a week. So if I'm not expecting a response within the week, but longer, I put it in the follow-up folder and then choose a day of the week, whatever that is, where you're going to go through and check that follow-up folder. And maybe you need to call the person that you sent that email to, or you need to follow up with a text or an, another email to check. But this way, it's not clogging up your inbox, but it is something that you're expecting a response in longer than a week. Put it in the follow-up folder. Now, I will tell you, when I first started the system, I had things in there that I had forgotten about because I wasn't checking my follow-up folder. So now it is just a active, regular occurrence for me to put emails in there that I need to follow up on. And then again, choose the same day each week that you're going to go through the follow-up folder and complete that task by following up, getting the answer you need, and then getting rid of the email. Once you're done, it can be um, eliminated. You don't need it anymore. So that is a great way to take some things that aren't able to be completed today into a spot that holds 
leverage in your brain, but doesn't take up space in your inbox. Create a follow-up folder, put things in there that you're waiting response on or projects you're working on that would be longer than a week response. And then keep emails in your inbox if they need addressed within the current week. So again, we have that follow-up folder that's for anything longer than a week. But for me, I keep my inbox as my current week's to-do list. And again, I'm trying to keep that 10 or less every single day. So it does mean I have to actively be working through it each day or that 10 will become 20, 30, 40, and you know where that goes. So again, keep chugging along at your to-do list by attacking those projects and getting them out of there. And it is the best feeling, I don't know for you, but for me to be able to file those away when I'm done or put them into the follow-up folder to know this isn't gonna be accomplished this week, but I will follow up with them next week, that type of thing. So it keeps you accountable to what is necessary this week and following up for further than that. But moving on, like I've been saying this whole time, we wanna use our inbox as a to-do list. And I learned this from another agent in our office who had suggested this, that they really saw their inbox as their to-do list for the day or the week. And so you need to review your old emails in your inbox every day to see if you can take one off the list and see if you can, like I said, file it or address it. Um, another thing that I do is when I am out and about, if I am not at my computer and I think of something I need to do, I need to follow up with this client, I need to call this seller, I'll just send myself an email to my business account that says follow up with Ando and send that email to myself and that goes on my to-do list, right? Because I told you my email is my to-do list. And then later that day when I sit back at the computer and I think, oh, I got to call her, call her, delete that email. It doesn't need to be processed in a folder or filed away because the task is completed. The only time I need to leave it is if I need to reference it for later or if I need to do some sort of follow-up. So keep that in mind. All right. Now, I talked to many of you when I told you I was doing this topic um, that the question was, well, what about text messages? Help, help me manage my text messages. Now, again, I told you I'm not very tech savvy, but I tried. Um, at this point, I have not personally found a way to mark a text message unread. Now, I'm hoping that somebody watching this is super tech savvy and you're going to teach me the easiest way to do that. But so far in my research, I've not been able to find a way to do that. Because like I said in the email, as soon as that goes um, from a unread status to read, it can get buried and lost, especially in a text message thread. So I have not found one. So what I do is if I open up a text and I realize I need to respond to this, and maybe it's something I want to respond to in an email in a more professional way, or I need some more time to think about it, or... I just don't, like I said, have the time at that moment to get the answers, then I take a screenshot of the text message because otherwise that is out of my mind, especially since it's gone from my, um, you know, unread bubble on my tech, on my phone. So what I do is screenshot it and then email it to myself. Exactly. Because that has become a task for me to accomplish at some point when I have the time to do it. Again, if it's a personal text, send it to my personal email. If it's a business text, send it to my business text. The next time I'm sitting at my computer looking at my to-do list, I can knock that out without forgetting. Because, I mean, now my clients communicate with me via text just as often as they do an email. 
And the only way to not miss those is by making sure that I have record of it. And sometimes I want record of it to keep, to reference. So again, screenshot the picture of the text, email myself, call Joe and have that text um, screenshot in there to remind me what it references. So I don't know if that's something that would be helpful for you, but I do it. Otherwise I would just mark it as unread and address it when I'm able to, if that's at a computer or once I get the answer they're looking for. Okay. And then same rule applies. Don't read the text unless you have time to respond again, because as soon as you open it and it goes to that unread or goes to a red st status, it's probably going to get buried amongst many other texts. So I'd be very cautious to do that unless you're willing to screenshot it and email it to yourself for later. And then if you're being added to group te texts and you would rather not be, maybe ask the sender to text you separately or ask them to move your conversation over GroupMe. I don't know if you're familiar with that's a text app that you can use in group settings and it doesn't clog up your regular text um, message thread. So that's a way to do it. And then what I usually do when I get... Um, a group text, I respond directly to the sender versus responding to the group text because I don't want to get those group texts. So I just separately respond. And that's a, a way to communicate. Hey, I'm just going to talk with you. Um, and, and maybe it was convenient for them to send a group text. So I'm just going to respond and say, thanks for inviting me. I, I, I'll i be there, you know, something like that versus telling the whole group that they don't really care whether I'm going to be there or not. Again, the emailing yourself to remind yourself of um, what has been texted or emailed to you um, is helpful um, to me just because I, I, I can miss that, especially if I'm with my kids or I'm out away from my computer. So I hope that that's something that you could consider and try out yourself. I know Melissa just said her biggest problems with the texting too. And again, I hope that the email is something that can help by um, reminding yourself who you need to respond to so that you don't forget. That's the way I manage my inbox and make sure, I mean, for me every day at the end of my day that there's 10 or less. If there's more than that, again, I'm running a business and I can maintain 10 or less in my inbox as long as I am addressing them daily, filing them into folders, using the follow-up folder for anything that lasts longer than a week, and then actively responding to them as they come in. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.